This podcast is part of the Dark Myths Collective. Visit darkmyths.org to discover more shows like this one. The darkness awaits. It's about to be a fun ride. Follow along, watch as we slide. Paranormal just hit the lights. Goosebumps all through the night. Mixing just a little bit of twain. That girl sure can't do a thing. Together, hillbillies go insane. Laugh so hard it'll hurt your brain. Podcast you won't ever change. These two here, they got the recipe. Sat on back and listen in to some of our darkest mysteries. Welcome to Hillbilly Horror Stories. And now here's your host. Jerry and Tracy Polly and their dog Ninja. Hey guys, I think it's this way. What the hell are we doing out here? Oh, quit your crying. We're almost there. Whatever. JT, where are you going? Look, I swear, this is how every horror movie starts. This is ridiculous. You guys are out of your minds. Hey guys, it's right here. All right, who's up the bat? Bree, ladies first. Are you kidding me? Do you love horror movies, the paranormal, and everything else that goes bump in the night? Well, here at the Horror Chronicles, that's what you're going to get. I'm Ryan. I'm Breezy. And I'm JT. So come check us out, because we talk all things horror. And as always, keep, keep it, it creepy. Welcome to episode 161. Fibble Horror Stories, I'm Jerry. Hey guys, it's me, Tracy. <laughs> so, first off, there was a little bit of, uh, looks like country music bleed through, which really makes last week's story a horror story. Uh-uh. So, let me explain what happened to this one more time, because I think now we've got it figured it out. So we bought this this new mixer, and it's a high-powered mixer, and I'm not smart enough to know how to use it, apparently. <laughs> and we got some bleed through uh, about a month after we got the thing for some reason. And we were told you should probably get this new um, surge protector because it would keep it grounded, and that would keep that from happening. Because what happens is it literally picks up one of the radio stations that's so strong and enough where it comes through just barely. And that's what you were hearing. So it's not us having anything on in the background or anything like that. It just literally is picking up this radio station and we couldn't hear it. We didn't know. Yeah. Until after the fact. Well, we bought the new uh, search protector and it's worked up till then. But I think what it is, is we've, we turned up the volume on the, mixer a little more this time because we had taken it apart to take it to the uh, show that we did in kansas so we came back and hooked it all back up and i turned it up a little louder than it normally was because i was just trying to play with the sound and then it got it again so i think the key is we leave had it alone it, yeah I, <laughs> the key is i need to leave it alone and not turn it up louder than what it was because i think that's what gave it a little that extra oomph to be able to pick up what it was picking up so yeah sorry guys i hope that wasn't too annoying for you all because unfortunately, we don't know about it till after the fact. So anyway, our apologies for the sound last week. So there you go. So we want to start off by thanking all of our military and civil servants all over the world, no matter which country you represent. Thank you guys for all of your hard work. And thank you for the little canine units. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, guys. I'm afraid some of you might be busy coming up with these hurricanes. 
um, that are yeah. starting to hit, and we just are praying for you guys' safety. I know I have a cousin in Florida, and I think I hope he's moving inland anyway. Um, but our prayers are with you guys. Just hang on. As always, we want to urge any of you out there, if you're going through a rough time, if you're suffering from depression, or if, uh, God forbid, you're feeling suicidal, please take the time to reach out to somebody. You're always thinking worse in your own head than what reality is as far as the fact that some of you might think that, hey, you're a burden. You might be thinking that uh, nobody wants to hear your problems, and trust me, that couldn't be further from the truth. That's just all part of the illness is that you tell yourself things that aren't necessarily true and make the matters even worse at that point. So just reach out to somebody. You can reach out to us. You can reach out to any members in our group. If you're not a member of the group and you need some support, just sign up for our Facebook group. It's free, obviously, and you can't pay for the kind of help and support that you get in that group. Amen. So if you don't want to try any of those other options and you Want to talk to a professional, 1-800-273-8255. It's the Suicide Hotline in the United States. And if you're more of a texter, and a lot of people are these days, 741-741. So please uh, get help if you need help. Please. There's no shame in that, I promise. So let's talk about uh, something we don't normally do. But I want to try to do more of this just for the sake of uh, trying to get you guys some special deals out there. We've got a merch store that has everything from mugs to zip-up pouches to totes, uh, sleepover bags, you name it. It's got it along with T-shirts and sweatshirts and all that. So I want to start running a special every week so you guys can save a little bit of money. So this week, any of the hoodies uh, that have the new logo on it. Now, you can buy the, the hoodies and the old logo, too, but the new hoodies or with a new logo, either the white frame or with the wooden frame around it, are both on sale this week. They're normally $37 for the men and the women, and they're going to be marked down to 32 for this week. So if you can go to our shop between now and next Sunday, the, that price will be there, and then they go back up, and we'll start a new special next week. Sounds good. So, All right, so this story this week is going to be on ghost animals. Hmm. We're going to focus on pets coming back to their owners in the episode but we do have some other stuff and and you know what i really didn't touch on in this episode and we could probably do a whole nother episode is primarily of pets that notice things you know people always say they think dogs and and cats can see ghosts and stuff like that and we didn't focus a whole lot on that in this episode we may do a different episode on that in the future yeah that'd be cool so let's talk a little bit about this most of the time when you think of ghosts or spirits, you automatically think of the human variety. Correct. That's pretty much all we talk about. It makes sense that our mind would immediately go there, but some of the most powerful bonds that humans have are with their pets. Mm-hmm. So it's not so far-fetched. You see what I did there? I did see Fetched. that. So it's not so far-fetched that our pets could hang around even in the afterlife. That would be so amazing. There's been several reports of animals seen in the spirit form, and we've talked about plenty of them on the show before. Mm-hmm. You know, tonight we're going to talk about all types of random ghosts and animal sightings, but we will also have some cool pets that came back to visit their owners. So there's a psychic website that I was researching when I was looking up stories for this. It's called Keen.com, K-E-E-N.com. They have an awesome article that's 
totally dedicated to this subject. And as a matter of fact, the site says that the animal's attachment to their owners or, or the homes can be so powerful that it borders on telepathy. Oh. So he said, after a pet passes, the spiritual attachment doesn't fade. And this is why the ghost of a pet can act somewhat as a uh, guardian angel. Oh, that's so nice and comforting. It is comforting. So according to this, animals that were like really loyal and um, protective when they were on this earth, they are the same way in the afterlife when they come back. So there's some stories out there from criminals where they've they've been captured breaking into somebody's home or something like that mm-hmm. and they've told the police that they've heard barks in a house and no dog would be present according to the owners oh, after the fact he's still watching out for him right so that's what the owners would say normally after the fact after being told this that they used to have a guard dog, but he had passed. Mm-hmm. So now somebody breaks into their home and the, the burglar hears the dog barking and it either scares him away or freaks him out enough to the point where he makes enough noise to where somebody wakes up in the house and catches him. That is cop. trippy. Now, these ghost pets have also been known to show up at basically a time where the, your previous owner is in a really bad emotional need mm-hmm. for comfort and it and shows like up that. right yeah. it shows up for comfort so Aww. they're not just there for protection they're also there to comfort you like they would when they were around that's and, the you know, sweetest thing and it's amazing i know when i went through my divorce the uh, my old dog cho it's just he always knew yeah when something was up yeah or she i said he i'm used to ninja but she always knew when something was up and i can remember if i was just really down he just she just always seemed to be Right there. I mean, mm-hmm. like, made it a point to be really close and clingy That's and stuff amazing. like that. So these stories that we're going to talk about are all kinds of hauntings from dogs to cats to horses to sheep to cows to fish. We're not going to talk about all those. but a I mean, fish? Yeah, I'd, I'd like to – I just know that this is according to that website, that there's all these stories. I can't imagine a fish haunting. Hey, maybe Maybe he comes back up out of the toilet. Maybe it comes up to tell you to seize the day. And says. Carpe diem. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. He's a surprise. Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe it's the fish that I've eaten, the goldfish that I've eaten out of the bag. What? You know, like goldfish, the crackers. Oh, shoot. I thought you meant like he really ate Yeah, like I'm in a, a fraternity goldfish. or something. Oh, my gosh. So anyways, so sometimes they're just seen on the side of the road and they disappear. You know, there's a lot of horse stories and stuff where you hear that, and they'll be walking on the side. And according to this, to some pet psychics and mediums, some pets just hang around until they feel that the owner are okay with them actually leaving. Oh, well, Ninja would be with us forever (laughs) because I'm not ever going to be okay with that. So there's been a bunch of uh, examples where the owners would like fill a warm spot in a place where the pet would either normally sit or sleep. And this could last for a few days or even a few weeks. After you mean the- like around them or like on the couch no, per se? No, like if they have a little pet bed, mm-hmm. you could go over there and it would be warm. Oh even though goodness. the dog has already passed on. Aww. But it would be warm. And they said that uh, another medium seems to think that that's their way of letting you know that they're okay and now they've moved on. So you would see, the, you would feel the warm spots. And then when the warm spot goes, 
then that's a way of saying, hey, I'm, I'm good now. I'm Aww. over the Rainbow Bridge. Wow. Makes me want to cry. Now, some animals stick around much longer, though. They even move with the owner when the owner moves, in some instances. Some stay in the old house, though, and when new people move in, <laughs> they get the surprise of, hey, there's a animal here that we keep seeing and we don't know why. That's kind of weird they, they would stay, though. Well, they said in, in these cases... The haunting's usually just an apparition seen by the new owner, mm-hmm. and sometimes it's a residual haunting. Mm. So you might see the dog or the cat walk down the hall and disappear, and that might be all you ever see is it walk down the hall and disappear. So we've talked about residual hauntings before being more like just a movie yeah. that plays more than a spirit actually yeah. being there. Now, most of these animal hauntings are beloved pets that just don't want to go. On more rare occasions, though, these ghosts are animals that have been hurt or tortured, like the cat in the Hellfire Club story we we talked about, the Hell Club, Hell Club fire over in, over in uh, Ireland that was set on fire, Aww. and now it seems to come back. When most but it of those, comes back to torture you, probably. Yeah, those those tend to be a little more troublesome than other animals, and um, they're a little more frightening in most cases, I guess, because they. Had a tragic end. So let's talk about some sightings of some animals and pets and stuff like that. So this first one's not a pet story, but it's cool. So even celebrities get caught in seeing some of these apparitions of some sort. And we're going to talk about Christopher Knight. Mm -hmm. You know who Christopher Knight is? Peter Brady. Peter Brady. The infamous Peter Brady from the Brady Bunch. He had an encounter while they were filming an episode, which was a ghost episode. And I believe, even though it didn't say, the only one I really remember from the Brady Bunch is the one where they were trying to scare Alice and the girls like they were having a sleepover. And remember, they rigged up that ghost on a string. Oh, yeah. Uh That would go down and they were trying to show like they had a video camera that would or projection. Yes. Camera that would project ghost. That's the only one I can remember. But they were filming, supposedly filming this ghost episode and... They all spent the night in this really creepy bed and breakfast, I guess, to try to get in the mood. So I guess the whole crew's there. And they would stay up all night that night and tell ghost stories and stuff like that, trying to get in the mood for the episode. So Christopher Knight, he goes to bed. He wakes up in the middle of the night, and he sees something staring back at him from the end of the bed. It was two hunting dogs. They were just sitting there on the bed looking at him. That's not all, though. There was a little girl in the doorway. She was also staring at him. And he said that the girls and the, or the girl and the dogs made no sound whatsoever, completely silent. So the next day, he's telling the owner of, the, of this place what happened. And the owner took him over to a fireplace. And it had this metal fire guard on the fireplace that had two hunting dogs on the metal fire dog or fireplace. It was the exact same dogs that he saw on his bed. Uh, it's not really clear if the dogs that were on the fireplace were put there as like a memorial for the, for two dogs that maybe used to live in the house or mm-hmm. if it was just a coincidence. Either way, it freaked him out. And you can imagine he had to be probably in his teens Oh yeah, at definitely. the time. So he's still a fairly young man. Yeah. I don't so. even know if he was a teen. I just remember Carol Brady was pissed because they run our sheets. 
Oh, I didn't know. I didn't remember that one. <laughs> yeah, it had a hole in the sheets. Yeah, I just remember the. Uh, I just remember that little music. Mm-hmm. They'd always do that every time mm-hmm. something spooky happened. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, what about the little girl? I wonder. I don't know. I didn't mention her. Wow, that's cool. So let's stay on the dog theme. There's a very haunted hotel in Michigan called the Historic Holly Hotel. Now, it's supposed to be one of the most haunted places in the entire state. So like most of these places we talk about, guests can smell like perfume and cigar smoke and they hear disembodied voices. But what landed this hotel on tonight's show was the fact that several guests report seeing and hearing a dog on the premises. It's believed to be the dog of Mr. Hurst, and he was the hotel's first owner. It's some type of a terrier, not really sure what kind, but most think it was a rat terrier. Mm-hmm. Her name was Leona. Uh, she can be heard barking, usually early in the morning, by the chefs that are on site, I guess, making breakfast and everything. She also tends to run up and down the halls, and she brushes up against the uh, legs of unsuspecting visitors in the hotel. Oh, that's sweet. Them out. Very cool. Now, most of the rest of these we're going to talk about are going to be pet stories. And a few of these are going to be a little bit longer than the stories we've told. Those are little quickies. I saw this video when I was looking through. It was hosted by uh, John Boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Richard, what's his name? Richard Thomas? Yeah. This is an older show apparently called It's a Miracle. And I think it was on TV at one point and they put it out there. I, I don't remember ever seeing it, but... He had this cool story, so I wanted to include it on here. Judy, which I, I don't, I'm not going to say their last names. They gave their last names. But Judy had to get some dental work done. And her mom referred her to a dentist whose name was Tom. So Judy was instantly attracted to Tom. And he was instantly attracted to her. One thing led to another. They started dating. And uh, she eventually moved in with him. Which really pissed off his wife. Uh, just but she was like, yeah, free dental work. <laughs> so Tom's that was his wife would have already been married to the dentist, so that really wouldn't have applied. Oh no, I'm talking about Uh-oh. his new girlfriend. She's gonna get free dental work. So Tom's neighbor had this black lab, and this black black lab, whose name was Gus, barked nonstop. Every time he saw Tom for the whole time Tom lived there, he barked at him. Every time he saw him. Now, with the couple here, Tom and uh, what's her name, Judy, they get out of the car whenever, you know, they pull up and it's they're right next, their driveway's right next to the fence. They get out, and there he is barking at them. It even became a joke between the two of them that the dog would just not cut them any slack, that he just barked nonstop when he mm-hmm. saw them, like, like he never remembered them or something. Yeah. So eventually, Tom and Judy split up. Judy moves to Hawaii. They remain great friends, and, and they talk all the time. And about a year after Judy had moved, she decides to come back to visit. Tom goes, picks her up at the airport. They pull in the driveway. They get out of the car, and there's Gus, just staring at him. But he's not barking. Just staring. Mm-hmm. He's got some bad vibes from him. <laughs> so Judy remarks, he finally remembers us. Well, this was a Thursday. So after a few days of visiting, Tom takes Judy to the airport, and when he comes back, he pulls in the driveway, and his neighbor's out in the front yard doing some yard work. Tom proceeds to tell him about the encounter in which the dog didn't bark at him for the first time ever. His neighbor asked when this was, and he said, well, it was Thursday. 
And the owner said, uh, of the dog said, well, I don't think that was the case. He said, it couldn't have been my dog because we found out that he had parvo. Mm. And the vet told us the humane thing to do was put him down. Aww. And that was Monday. Oh, no. So he said, you, you couldn't have seen my dog on Thursday. So Tom goes and calls Judy to tell her that the dog they saw had to be a ghost. And she's just strictly amazed because this is like a completely fenced-in yard. Yeah. So there was no way another dog could have gotten back there. Yeah. Tom didn't see Gus again until a year later. And this was after his neighbor had just moved away. He said he was out in the yard. And the dog was just sitting there in the neighbor's backyard, staring at him, just like before. And Tom said he told the dog that his owner was no longer there and he needed to go find him. And he said the dog acted like he understood him. He turned away and started kind of walking away slowly. And after a few seconds, he just vanished into thin air. Oh, get out of here. I thought that was really cool. He could have been sitting there and waiting forever and Tom knew what to say. Oh, what a sweet thing. So That's awesome. So then another video I saw. This is videos don't normally help me too much on these mm-hmm. stories, but these I actually found really helpful. So Good. there but there, this other video, it was this woman she was telling her experience and she said her and her husband had just gotten married and they moved into this new house. They were at like one of these little block party street mm-hmm. fair type things. And they said there was this woman that was holding this lost dog and I, I don't know how they knew it was a lost dog or how they know it didn't belong to somebody or what the deal was. But anyway, her and her husband started talking about, you know, Hey, we don't have any kids. You know, we, we got this new house. It's empty. We could take care of this dog. Dog was a little terrier. Just like in the story earlier, it was white and it had this black spot on it. Aww. So guess what they named it? What? Spot. Oh, <laughs> real creative. Sorry. <laughs> I didn't catch on to that quick enough. So, They've got the dog, and and they start taking care of him. They have three kids that all grew up around this dog. And they said it was just like the great – it was just 100% part of their family. Mm -hmm. It did everything with them. They took it to the beach. They took it to, you know, the store. Mm -hmm. It just was constantly with them. Spot passes away, and they bury him up on a hill right behind their house. So they end up eventually moving away from the house, and they later ran into the people who bought the house. So she was asked by the new owner if they had a white dog, little terrier, with a black spot. And she said yes, and she asked why. And the current owner said two different people on two different occasions saw that dog at the end of the hallway. Aww. They said it looked just like a hologram. Oh, man. How she, cool is that? She thinks that Spot was just trying to check up on him. But he didn't know that they were gone? I guess not. Oh, bless her heart. Man, animals are just amazing. Yeah. I they think so. so. Are. I they love are animals. So, I do, too. So I ran across this little story. A lady named Maureen said she had a dog named Yaba. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, Yaba died on August 30th, 2011. It was 11 days from her 17th birthday. Eek. Today's August 30th. Ain't it? Oh, it is. Isn't that weird? That is weird. So Maureen was devastated, just like we would be if something happened to Ninja. Hope he loves to be almost 17. 
Me too. That'd be awesome. Her and this dog were inseparable, according to her and anybody around her. Yamba was the most important thing to her in her entire life other than her son. One day, she's filled with grief, and Maureen just starts snapping pictures, yelling Yamba's name. It turns out that the second picture she took had an image that looks a lot like a dog. And that's what she was hoping for. She just wanted to hope to get a glimpse Mm -hmm. of her beloved passed on dog. So she then set up this little memorial. It had a rosary, a Jesus candle, and some of Yaba's favorite toys. Aww. She would talk to Yaba every day as if she was still there. And on one occasion, she pulled out a ball. She set it on the floor and said, Yaba, here's your ball. Come on, let's play. The ball moved. It just started rolling. Then it happened again. That's not all. She also said she felt something brush against her leg, and she was the only one in the house at the time. Oh, that's the sweetest. She believes it was the ghost of Yaba letting her know that he was still, or she was still with her. My heart is full. (laughs) This is so sweet. I ran across, I know Charles Childress will absolutely love this episode. Everything he posts is is dogs and animals and stuff like that. Oh, good. I hope he does enjoy it. This, this lady named Joanne Morris, she writes for Mercury News, and she wrote an article back about three years ago about, I guess a guy wrote in and said that his cat was seeing what he thought was um, another cat. Mm-hmm. Like they, they had, he had two cats and one of them died, and he thinks this other cat was seeing the ghost of the cat that passed on. Mm-hmm. So she wrote the story, and then she got all kinds of people start writing her letters that were similar to that stuff. So I actually um, wanted to read a couple of these. And then uh, we're going to end on something a little more dark. Ooh. But I like the sweet ones. I know you do. This one said, this was anonymous. It says, Dear Joan, your letter from the man whose cat kept intensely watching the corners of the ceiling after his companion cat disappeared made me think of something my Morris does frequently. He sits on my lap every evening. Sort of facing me at times. He will stare intently over my shoulder and his eyes widen as he becomes very still. Freddie does that. I know it. I feel foolish, but every time I look back and ask, what do you see, Morris? Needless to say, he doesn't tell me. (laughs) He just keeps staring into the kitchen until I'm convinced an axe murderer is tiptoeing ever closer (laughs) to my back. (laughs) It takes me 10 minutes for my heart rate to settle down while Morris then makes a turn on my lap and lies down for a nap. What the heck are these cats looking at? Yikes. My dear little Hazel cat used to do the same thing when she lived lived with me, so I'm figuring it's a common cat trait. We just don't know why they do it. That is very weird, because Freddie Flippin does that all the time. This one's from Joji Smith from Antioch. She says, Dear Joan, I was reading your column about sensing or feeling the spirit of a departed pet. I don't have any experience personally, but my husband did. We lost our beloved black cat several years ago, but still remember him fondly as our Einstein cat because he was so intelligent. About a week after he died, my husband called to me from another room. When I got there, he had a strange look on his face, and he said that he had just felt something rubbing around his legs and ankles like our cat used to do. When he looked down, there was nothing there. 
It must have been just, or it may have just been wishful thinking, but I like to think that it was a final farewell from our best little buddy. Mm. This one's from over in Ireland. This is from uh, Maria. She says, Dear Joan, I wanted to share my ghost story that I encountered when my dog passed away. One time when my husband was in the bathroom, he swore he heard Oscar bark in his very deep, loud bark in the living room only to find it was empty. Another time, we both heard his nails clicking on the hardwood floors in the entryway, and of course, there was nothing there. When Oscar was alive, he used to come in very early in the master bedroom and sigh very loudly to let me know he was up and hungry. When I heard it again, it really frightened me, so I shouted, Oscar, you're scaring mommy. Please wait for me in heaven. After that, we never heard from Oscar again. What? Whoa. I don't know why she'd be freaked out. I don't know either. So here's the last one we're going to read. Oscar was a good doggy. He did what she said. <laughs> this is from Alice, and she's in the San Francisco area. Ninja. <laughs> you don't stop it. You're going to make it on this list. Hey. What? I'll punch you up in your face. <laughs> do you ever say that again? <laughs> Dear Joan, suddenly there was a loud pounding on my door of my apartment at 9, 10 p.m., I left up and three feet away and flung open the door thinking it was my boyfriend in crisis. He lived about 45 miles away. My cat, Mandy's hair, stood up all over. Never saw her do that before or after, and her pupils dilated. There was no one in sight. How did they disappear in two seconds? There was a cold chill, and the night was not that cold. Mandy backed into the corner, growling, hair still erect. There was a sweet smell of flowers. Mandy crouched, growling for nearly five minutes. I felt the presence of my boyfriend's mother and sensed her questioning me as to whether I will be loyal and loving to her son. Getting the answer she wanted, I would, you know, do everything that I could. Everything, including Mandy, went back to normal. The next morning, my boyfriend called me, deeply upset. His mother had died at 910 the night before. Oh, hell no. Wow. Ooh. Anyway, I thought those were cool. Those are cool. Okay, so we're going to end on this one. This one's a little more of a legend, but it still involves an animal, so I mm-hmm. wanted to include it. This one comes from London, good old England. The Central Criminal Court opened in 1907. Now, the land that it's sit on right now used to be Newgate Prison. This prison was around pretty much forever. And so was its horrible reputation. And that reputation was from the way they treated their prisoners. Mm. Henry Fields, who was a writer from the 1700s, he once called the the uh, prison the prototype of hell. Well, that sounds <laughs> lots of fun. Now, our story is going to take place in the late 1500s. Uh, 1500s? 1500s. I told Whoa. you this place was around forever. Daggone. So London was in the midst of a, of a big famine. People were literally starving in the streets. So you could imagine what it what that meant for the prisoners oh, who gosh, were already treated bad yeah. to begin with. In 1596, there was a man that was put into prison because he was thought to be a sorcerer or practicing witchcraft or whatever they wanted to term, but they called him a sorcerer, so they stuck him in jail for that. This was not a good time to be in Newgate. It didn't sound like any time was. Mm-hmm. But this especially wasn't because of the famine. 
some of the prisoners resorted to cannibalism. Oh, Jesus. One of the people eaten was the sorcerer. They ate him? They ate him. They said preparing him was really tricky. (laughs) Sorry. Okay. According to the legend, he was able to conjure up an evil black dog from the afterlife for revenge purposes. This large beast terrorized the prison several nights in a row, ripping prisoners apart. Now, you might say this sounds like just crazy folklore, but something for a fact caused such a panic that several guards were killed by inmates that were trying to escape before this thing could come back. Man, that's awful. Even the ones who were able to escape were not safe. They were hunted down and killed by this black dog, according to the legend. When all that had feasted on this sorcerer were gone, then the dog quit showing up inside the prison. But he didn't go away completely. He still shows up at a place they call Amen Court. And that sounds peaceful. But that wasn't always the case, because originally, this area was the alley that was right behind the prison, and it was called Dead Man's Walk. Why was it called Dead Man's Walk? This was the walk from the prison to the execution area. Hmm. That's how they got from point A to point B. And today, there is a number of stories of people who pretty much see a large black shapeless shadow figure. Not necessarily a dog, but, you know. Still hanging around, huh? And it likes to kind of, yeah, it likes to kind of hang around the walls of the building in the alley there. They said also there's a a horrible odor. And you can hear dragging footsteps whenever this shadow is seen. Whoa. Man, you were screwed no matter which way you went there. Yeah, no kidding. So anyway, that's tonight's story. Except on that, on that, I got something else I want to read, though. Okay. So what we're going to do is we're going to do the um, apparently 20 seconds of iTunes reviews of Patreons. (laughs) And then... I asked this week. People are busy. I know it. I asked this week for people to send us their personal paranormal stories. Yes. Now, we do, if if you're listening, on Patreon, the first of every month, we do a listener stories episode where we have listeners call in and tell us their story, or we have listeners write us and we just read them, much like we did the stories earlier. Mm-hmm. And. I always ask, and, I, and we usually get like four or five stories. We get just enough to do what we need to do. I bet we got 15 stories this time. Oh, that's so nice. And a couple of these were so good, I wanted to read them tonight. Okay. So what we're going to do is Tracy's going to read these three or four names. No. Oh. And we're going to uh, then read this story to you, because I think you're going to like this. Okay. Our iTunes reviews was 69 Tuna, a.k.a. Patrick Burcham. Noah Forgot, and B-Film Fan. And our Patreon was Stephanie Phillips. Thank you guys so much for your support and your nice reviews. We did have one review that was terrible, so I decided not to include that. Um, But anyway, we do appreciate any reviews you guys can give us, and um, we do appreciate your support so much. It means the world to us. With that being said, we don't say a a lot about Patreon on the show. I know some... some Podcasters mention it more than others, but I do want to say that um, we do have Patreon available, in Mm -hmm. case you didn't know, and we appreciate all support. You can get started for as little as a dollar a month, 
And that dollar a month will get you at least four of our little mini episodes that we do. And most of those are about eight or ten minutes long. And we do those. Those come out on Monday for the Uh dollar supporter. But you can support for a dollar, three dollars, five, ten, or fifteen. And each one gets you more and more episodes. Uh The highest tier, which is fifteen dollars a month, gets you six, twelve, eight, twenty-four mini episodes. And it gets you two full-length episodes a month. So there's a lot. Yeah, it is. But we appreciate all a the support. A lot of us and, jacking. And, yeah, and it, and it helps us out financially, helps us buy new equipment and everything like that. So do consider supporting if you can. Yes, we love you guys so much. Speaking of supporters, this was supposed to be for our Patreon episode that we got coming on. But I liked it so much I wanted to put it on this one. <laughs> so this is from, from Nikki. And she's she was in the UK at the time uh, that some of this stuff happened, but she is in Canada now. Oh, cool. And you'll hear about that as we get into the story. So this is two separate stories, and I like both of them so much I put both of them on. So the first one says, hi, Jerry and Tracy. This is, you know what, I'm going to read this as if I'm just telling the story. Okay. Rather than word for word. Sure. She said this is more of her, her daughter's story. And she thinks that we're going to find it interesting. So her daughter, like most kids, had an imaginary friend just like she did when she was a child from three to seven years old. Mm-hmm. So one day her daughter, was was who was three at the time, started talking to herself. Nikki didn't pay a whole lot of attention to this until she started getting a little bit older. And then she began talking to Charlie. So one day she asked who Charlie was and if she could tell her what Charlie looks like. Mm -hmm. Her daughter went on to describe him as a little boy who was covered in dark or dirt and black stuff. His clothes were rags and he wore a hat like grandpa did. Well, what her daughter had just described was Nikki's imaginary friend in her childhood. (gasps) Get out of here. She said she felt a little bit comforted about this, that that because she remembered Charlie just sitting and talking to her when she was little. He never heard her or anything like that. Mm-hmm. She said Charlie was part of her life again, so she thought this was kind of cool that now he's back visiting daily as she's an adult. She had no reason to banish him. Yeah. Her husband, though, at the time was a little more worried, and obviously this is his daughter, and she's con- he's concerned. And mom's, you know, Nikki's saying, hey, Charlie's fine. He didn't hurt me when I was a kid, and he's not going to hurt her. So now we're going to go a few years later, and now the daughter is seven. She's off to school for a week or so. And she remembered it being May. It was typical early summer's day in England. It had rained most of the day, and it was kind of gray outside. Mm -hmm. She said she was in the kitchen making lunch, and her daughter was on the lounge just kind of chatting to Charlie. So she she calls mom over. She says, hey, come on over here. So mom goes and she to find out what she wants, and she tells her to sit down beside her. So she sits down beside her, takes her hand, and she tells her to hold Charlie's. And again, she does it, you know, holds his hand, fake holds his hand. She sits there for a minute, and she's like almost in a trance, the daughter is. She says, Mommy, Charlie is happy that he came back. He's happy that you were my mommy. And he wishes you were his mommy. He doesn't like daddy. 
because he doesn't believe that he's here. Mm-hmm. Our daughter is quiet for a few minutes, and then she says, yes, I'll, I'll tell her. Charlie has to go now, but he's really happy he came back. He said he'll be back when I have my own little girl, and he will play with her like he did with us. The spot between her and her daughter got very cold. Then it warmed up immediately. Bright light lit up the whole lounge for a few seconds before it kind of went dull again. Her daughter looked at me and looked at her and said, he's gone. And then she just carried on like nothing ever happened. Her daughter turned 26 this year and has a little girl and a little boy of her own. And she said, only time will tell if Charlie comes back to visit once again. That is crazy. <laughs> that is crazy. How cool is that story? That is so cool. So I guess then her daughter that grew up remembers Charlie, I guess, and she's just waiting to find out if he's going to show up. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, man. That is weird. It is weird. So this other story, she says she lived alone in her parents' house back in England. Her father had been gone for almost 15 years and her mother had been gone for three months at this point. They both died in the house, her dad of cancer and her mother from dementia. She took care of her mom for seven years before her death. So the house was being sold. So they were emptying most of the stuff out and she only had a few weeks before she had to leave. And she said during her mom's decline that she had met a man in Canada through the internet. And they used to talk on Skype almost every day, just like teenagers, they would sleep with Skype on mm-hmm. so they could both, you know, keep an eye on each other. Yeah. So one night she's alone in the house and she's, you know, finishing taking her bath. She's heading down the stairs and she hears her parents talking. They're discussing her move that she's getting ready to make. Her dead parents? Yes. She said TVs, radios, and all the other devices had all been sold or, thro- sold or thrown away. So the only thing that was even in there was her phone and her laptop. And both of them were turned off. So she cautiously makes her way down the stairs. She hears a voice close to her ear saying, go to him. She said that she doesn't know that voice. She thinks it's her imagination. She writes it off and she doesn't think anything more of it. Then her partner comes on Skype a little later, and they chat till about 2.30 in the morning. She decides she needs to get some sleep, so she's going to go ahead and lay down. Now, her partner asked if his TV is going to bother her because there was a show coming on he wanted to watch. She says, don't worry about it. Just go to bed because, you know, I fall asleep pretty quick. 8 a.m. comes around. She hears her partner calling uh, from, from the Skype and telling her to wake up. She'd do. It's, it's 3 o'clock, his time there. And uh, they went ahead and say their goodbyes, and she starts going through the house, sorting through some stuff. So that night, they're back on Skype again, and he says he has something to tell her. He says, after that show finished last night that he was watching, he got up to go use the bathroom, and he decided to look and check in on her because he could see where she's sleeping and everything. Mm-hmm. He said behind her, he saw four people. Three he didn't know, but one of them that was off to the side looked a lot like his dad who has passed. So she goes and she gets some pictures of her of her parents and she shows him. And he said, yep, I saw them and another lady. 
So she shows him some family pictures and he sees one of her aunts and says, right there, that's the woman he saw. All this happened at 3.33 UK time. Oh my gosh, that is terrifying to know those people weren't behind her. She said, maybe my parents, aunt, and his father were giving us their blessing. About a month later, I left the UK to start a fresh uh, life with him in Canada, and I've never been happier. Hope these are what you're looking for. I've had a few others if you're interested. Keep up the good work. Much love to you both and Ninja. No, that was a great story. All of them. She, both of her stories were great. And she said she's got more. Oh, wow. She's so lucky. So, really cool. Very, very cool. Thank you for sharing that with us. So, okay, guys. I guess it's time to wrap it up. So, as we do, just a reminder... We've got the Mothman show in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. That one is starting to sell quick. Get your tickets for that one. We've got, uh, that's for Ohio and he'll, I mean, uh, uh, History Girls Bump with us at that show. That's October 5th. Tickets can be purchased on our website. The same for the next two shows. We're going to be finishing it up. We only got three shows left. Yep, that's it. And then uh, we have October 11th and 12th. New York City on the 11th. That's a Friday night. And then Saturday, we will be in Philadelphia. Both of those shows are with Dina Marie from Twisted Philly. Uh, Jeremy Collins from Podcast We Listen To will be emceeing. Those will be a blast. And uh, the one in New York City on the 11th is in a haunted American Legion post. That's going to be fun. Um, and then, like I said, so both of those tickets are available on the website. So snatch them up now and... We'll get ready to end this thing for the year. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. Hope we guys um, get to see you guys at one of the shows. The very next thing you can see us at, though, September 7th and 8th in Lexington, Kentucky, CryptidCon. This place is full of celebrities, full of cryptid stuff, ghost stuff, paranormal stuff. You guys need to come out and see us. It's going to be a blast, and it's going to be small enough to where you can really get some good one-on-one time with mm-hmm. everybody who's there. Yeah, we're looking forward to this. Yeah, so come out and see us September 7th and 8th. That's here in Lexington. Go to cryptidcon.com, and you can see a list of everybody who's going to be there. But I know Nick Croft's going to be there Saturday night from Ghost Adventures, and um, maybe me and him will sit down and talk about Zach. I don't know. <laughs> Stop. But, <laughs> but yeah, Derek Hayes from Monsters Among Us is going to be mm-hmm. there. You name it. There it's just loaded with people. The um uh what's that the mountain monsters? Oh yeah. People are gonna be I mean it's just it's loaded with people. So yeah, it's be, gonna be fun. It'll be a lot of fun, guys. Come on out. So thank you guys so much and we'll see you next week out at Cryptid Con. <laughs>